Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Isn't this a sports show? Thank you. Every caller. Almost entirely. Like, he is a bipartisan bleep talker. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be known as a bipartisan bleep talker. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. I gain energy by talking. I'm a plant in that way, and my photosynthesis isn't with sunlight, it's with attention. I am bacterial. Take the show with you by listening on the Sports Radio 810 mobile app at 810whb.com or by searching for Almost Entirely Sports wherever you get your podcasts. You know what they're probably not going to talk about on ESPN? Too many spider boys. This is Almost Entirely Sports on Sports Radio 810 WHB. There's a lot to talk about tonight. It's actually, at least as currently scheduled, the only Almost Entirely Sports of the week, which means we're doubling down on two of our regular and favorite guests. We have breaking Chiefs news to talk about them with. And my arm really hurts because I got stung by a yellow jacket like six hours ago. And it still feels bad. I don't, I guess... You know, what I, you know what I just realized? I should probably take the yellow jacket out. It's just been buzzing in there this whole time. I didn't want it to get hurt, but I probably should just take it out of my arm. Probably would feel better if I did that. That's not the humane way, Josh. Yeah, I don't it, want it it's to... It's just part of you now. I don't know. That, you know what? That's not bad. I wanted, I've always wanted a Pokemon. You're Wasp Man. I, well, it's a yellow jacket. No, but you're Wasp Man. Do you think that I could I think get yellow this? jacket's taken, so you're Wasp Man. If I if I took it out and put it like in one of those little um, little containers that you get like things out of a, a vending machine for, you know what I mean? Like the, you put in a quarter and you get like a little homie or like a little ninja or a little alien or a little sticky hand. Yeah. If I would have grabbed that after it stung me and then just put it in one of those little capsules, I probably I basically would have had a Pokemon. I would have basically had a Beedrill. Just a tiny, yeah. a tiny baby bee drill. Except for it's supposed to sting other people or things and not me. It seriously was like six hours ago and it still feels bad. I did, I did, I did take it out at the time. That part was a joke. But it does hurt. I've not been stung by, I don't think, anything serious before. And, uh... I, I can still breathe and everything. I'm at no part point did my face like puff up, and it like it hurt at the time. But I was like, "That's you know, that's I'm an adult. I can deal with this." 
But the fact that it's basically still been this dull pain for like six hours is just really kind of exhausting. You remember the office when uh, it, it's one of the the cold the cold opens where Jim uh, is talking with uh, Kevin and um, Daryl and he bites his lip and then he does it again and then he does his talking head. You know, I tell my daughter like if this is the worst thing that was going to happen to you, life's pretty. And he bites it a third time. <laughs> like that's basically yeah. where you're at right now. Where it's like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm an adult. This isn't that big of a deal. And yeah. then it's just it still hurts you. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, it's been it's been six hours, and I'm I'm just I'm very much over it. And halfway through the show, you'll just storm out yelling, "Rudy, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. You talk to Seth." So here's what's happening today. We got Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest here in uh, in about an hour at the top of the next hour. We got Seth Kaiser at the top of the 10 o'clock hour because there's we had no show Tuesday. We got no show tomorrow. And I care about you, dear listener. And so I, I begged on my hands and knees, please, Seth, please, can we do the segment on a Monday for once? And I, I he was and man, Seth was a big he was just a big snoot about it. Very snooty. Very. I usually don't. Uh, I usually don't get yanked around like this. Have you wasted my time on a Monday? I'm. I'm talking. I, this is how I talk off air. The the Minnesota accent is a bit. I'm truly a fancy gentleman that does legal things and rights. But you know what? For this evening, for for this eve, as Andy Reid and Brett Veach have been extended, I shall make an exception. Let me just work on my Minnesotan voice. I had put it away till, till a, a, another moon from now. But I will bring it out of the, out of its special case. I keep it in, and we can talk about whatever we want. Oh, here we go. I'm finding it. Anyway, Matt Derrick in one hour, Seth Kaiser in two. The news here is that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have uh, they are currently finalizing uh, a deal to keep. Andy Reid and Brett Veach in Kansas City for the next six years. Some of the very specific terminology is a little up in the air. Uh, Tom Pelissero says they're working on new six-year contracts. What I'm guessing is that that means that whatever deals they both had, they're throwing out. I'm guessing Brett Veach and Andy Reid are getting raises for this year, and they're going to be here for longer. So... Maybe not an extension in the traditional sense. Maybe not a new deal in the traditional sense because there is no bleeping way that Andy Reid was going to be a free agent this year. We know that. So anyway, I, I personally sometimes get hung up in the terminologies of that. You shouldn't. Here's what you should know. They're in Kansas City through 2025 with deals that are getting locked into place right now. And I'm guessing Brett Veach is getting a sizable raise and uh, some certain... Uh, job stability here. Andy Reid, I'm sure, is getting a little more money a few more years and, and locks all of that in. Here's what I think is most important, though. And I've been on this. We, we've been talking about this all offseason. I, I think we talked about this some last year, but we've been talking about it a ton since the Chiefs' like playoff run. Stop asking Andy Reid when he's going to retire. You it, Stop it. He's not going to, ever. <laughs> He is going, Brett Veach might retire before Andy Reid does. Here's my, here's my thesis on this one, okay? I, I, I mean this with, with every, every fiber of my being. I think Andy Reid right now has more energy than I do. He, and I, I'm still waiting on my G Fuel brand deal. 
He also hasn't been stung by a, you know a wasp, as far as we know. That's true. I don't think Andy Reid's been stung by any hostile bugs today. They like him too much. Yeah. Well, the, well, you know the reason is because he named a freaking play after him. Yeah, of course. He, they, he, Big he, Andy Reid fan. He's like, hey, Jet Chip Wasp, here's some good PR for you guys. And I'm saying, if you sting me, I'm going to talk bleep about you on the radio. They used to be Steelers fans. And then yeah. the, and then the Wasp play came out. And they're like, switching our alliances. I almost yep. said allegiance and, and alliance adding the same That's word. Fine. Allegiances. I think allegiance is like a young adult uh, book series. Probably. Probably. So not only has he not been stung in wasps and, and bees and basically everything with stingers love Andy Reid. Andy Reid is 62 years old. I, I say stuff like this. Wow, you know, I just realized like he is a little older than my dad. And my dad Same. could kick my ass mm-hmm. for the rest of both of our lives. Yep. For me to put my dad and Andy Reid next to each other and be like, yeah, these dudes are about the same age. Andy Reid's got big grandpa energy. And, and my my dad has, like, not even, like, old man strength energy. Like, again, I think— Your I think, dad still has, like, a child that is that's the other still good living point. at home, right? Like, yeah, she, yeah because, she's, home. because she's either 10 or 11. If she moved—I can't remember. I'm sorry, Chloe. Please don't be mad at me. If she moved out, it would be weird. <laughs> You'd be like, really? are you sure? Like, like, yes, I've got a job. I'm selling lizards in the, on the black market. I'm catching lizards and selling them for hundreds of dollars each. A lot of money there. But I'm guessing that a lot of people know someone 60, 61, 62 or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, that, that person is in like really like that, that, they're not old. They're not old. They're, they're 59. Andy Reid turned 62 in March. This deal is going to keep him in Kansas City for six more years, takes him through 2025, so we're looking at him being around 68. Right now, and I'm going to prove my point with other head coaches, right now, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll are 68 years old. So whenever, whenever this deal is done, and I'm not, I haven't done the math on like months and everything, so I've got you know, a few, give me a few months of wiggle room either way. But whenever Andy Reid, the deal that Andy Reid is is apparently signing tonight or tomorrow or whatever that's being finalized as we speak, whenever Andy Reid is done with that deal, he will be the same age as Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick right now. The age they are right now. If you think that either of those guys are almost done coaching, I think you're I think you're 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 being foolish on purpose. Uh, they, they could both decide they're done whenever, and that's totally fair. But if you think, you know what, I'm starting to think that Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll are too old to coach football well, you're just not paying attention. I've got plenty of beef with Pete Carroll, you know, not letting Russell Wilson throw more. And I'm going to be really interested to see what it looks like whenever Bill Belichick is coaching a quarterback who's not Tom Brady. But if you don't think that they're, they are two excellent football coaches, you're a fool. Andy Reid will be that age whenever this deal he's signing today is over. Now, I, again, maybe you're saying, well, it's not about his age. It's about how long does he want to do this. He's, he's going into his 22nd year as an NFL head coach. Andy Reid has said this. I have said this. I will say this again. Andy Reid has had, he's coached, you know, Donovan McNabb. 
He's coached Alex Smith. He's coached Mike Vick. He's coached, you know, Kevin Cobb. You can go through a list of quarterbacks. That was not meant to be an extens- an expansive list, by the way. But there are some where you would go, yeah, he's had some good quarterbacks. And there are some where you go, wow, he really had to make lemonade out of that situation. Please tweet me at JB Briscoe. Tweet me with who you think and when you think Andy Reid had a better time with or, or when he had a better time coaching an NFL team than he's having right now. I, I don't know Andy Reid personally, right? I, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't text me just like what he's thinking about. He's like, hey, look at this play. Although if you wanted to, I would, I would give all of Kansas City my phone number if I thought Andy Reid might be listening right now. Feel free, coach. But I've been close enough to Andy Reid, and, and, and many of you have been also in, its own, in, their own, in your own way, right? We've heard so much of Andy Reid. Even, you know, there's the on-the-record stuff, and there's a little bit of kind of the, like, back-channelings, like, that, you know, that I think I know a little more here or there, whatever. But basically, if you, if you read that Peter King piece that, that he wrote around the Super Bowl last year, you know Andy Reid's getting up at 3 a.m. or whatever to go into the office and to, and to draw Jet Chip Wasp. And he's winning. And, and this is the thing that I've been beating the drum on for, for the last couple of years. Andy Reid finally has a quarterback who can make all of the plays and all of the throws that he imagined, put on a note card, and then put in a, in a safe somewhere that said, open in case of miracle. Because I am sure that Andy Reid has some bonkers stuff where he's got a right-handed quarterback rolling left and then throwing right, where he went, ah, that's fun. Maybe if I ever retire and then get really into Madden and just have a creative player that's just Andy Reid and, and I just hack into the system and give him max stats on everything, maybe then I'll be able to see this play almost in real life. Maybe I'll be able to make this play work on Madden. Maybe, probably not. My guess is I think Andy Reid's had this thought in his life where he thought to himself, you know, I will retire one day. And then some league will try to, you know, be some spring league will be like, you know, hey, Here's a lot of money come coach. Yeah. And the here's just my list of crazy plays that you right. uh, that you either need, a, again, a miracle of a quarterback to pull off mm-hmm. or in a league that doesn't really matter. Right. Right. And we so can like, just, we I'm can just going to save the I'm going to save this for the, you know, XFL 15.2. Right. Right. Where where defense is illegal and there are they're like you get two defensive backs, but seven receivers and your quarterback is a robot. So Madden notwithstanding, XFL 15 notwithstanding. 15.2. Andy Reid has that now. We'll, we'll talk about some of the ways this has shown up with Seth later because he's, he's had some, some really fun Patrick Mahomes pieces come out recently. But Andy Reid is in a place right now where he is able to have these crazy borderline insane 
completely irresponsible, predominantly useless plays with a mere mortal making the throws. And, and also, like, it's partially, I really do think it's partially Patrick Mahomes lets Andy Reid just do, like, just fulfill these things he's had. But also, a- Andy Reid is, like, an intellectually, like, curious football mind, obviously. He pulls out plays from the 1950s to run at the goal line in the Super Bowl. I think Andy Reid's having fun right now because he's also sitting in his office, and he, ha- he has been since they drafted Mahomes. I'm guessing maybe since a little before they drafted Mahomes. And he's drawing up stuff and going, you know what? I wonder if Pat can do this. Oh, you know, I wonder if I can put Pat in a position to do this. I wonder if I can put Pat in a position to make this, this, and this all happen and then also make defenses have to deal with what this will look like whenever we give them this look but then run something different out of it. Like, there, there is no way that Andy Reid is bored right now. And he said this on multiple occasions. Whenever he's not having fun, he will retire. And he might retire when he was still having fun, but just felt like he had accomplished a ton and wants to go spend some time with his family or whatever, because at this point he's 85. I just think we really don't need to try to read between the lines on this one. It's out there. This is as fun as football could be for a mind like Andy Reid's, because he also has the, the positional talent around Mahomes. It's not just Patrick Mahomes and then your standard NFL offense. Like, it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and then a bunch of other guys like McCole Hardman or Sammy Watkins who would lead any other offense who I just mentioned as an, an add-on option to this particular Ferrari. It's crazy, and it's got to be. I, I don't think I would have fun trying to make all of that work because I'd be so stressed out about trying to maximize it. I think Andy Reid is having a blast right now. And even whenever it's stressful, it's fun because that's the challenge. That's the puzzle of the game. Like it's, I just think that's all perfect. Uh, Matt Verderam, who's on the show with us on, on Friday was saying, he said, I, I, I think with good health, I could see him coaching another eight to 10 years. He said he seems like he might even be the type that needs to be forced out with Mahomes at quarterback. And I don't know if it comes to that. I have, I have no idea. I'm Honestly, I'm having a hard time figuring out what it would look like whenever Clark Hunt, after, you know, he, now, now wearing uh, one of his Super Bowl rings on his toe because he ran out of fingers, would go, hey, Brett, we got to get this. We got to get this old, this crazy old man out of here because uh, Alex Smith is ready to be a head coach because that's how many offensive coordinators he's going to have churned through at that point. I don't and I don't know I don't I can't see that happening because also by the way like if, if you wanted to even be critical in like a are we sure this is good kind of way I, I don't think many people in Kansas City are but if you would say hey things did get worse in Philly you have to acknowledge the quarterback aspect but even then Andy Reid's not just doing a media trick whenever whenever we ask, you know, so what are you are you guys interested in uh whatever Earl Thomas or or Prince Lamukamara or whatever? Whenever he says, I let Brett handle that, it's a li- it's not the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But it's most of the truth. I genuinely believe. I, I think Andy Reid could call in about any player he wants and could veto any player. 
But I really don't think he wants to be the total grand poobah of the whole operation. I think with John Dorsey, it got to a point where he wasn't the dude he wanted to be working with. Something was happening behind the scenes there. And Andy Reid rightfully won that battle of like, hey, you know, Clark, this isn't going to work anymore, but I want to be here. Whatever happened there. But I genuinely think that Andy Reid wants this offense to be his legit priority. And I mean, it's it's look at the guys he's put in power around him. I think he learned some legit lessons in Philadelphia. It's one of the, I mean, like, obviously, there's a million things. But like one of the things I'd love to talk to Andy Reid about in depth some would be like, what did you learn in Philly? What you know, where where did things get away from you and how did that inform what you did whenever you got here? Because look who he's put around him. For John Dorsey and Bob Sutton, it didn't work. It didn't work perfectly with Dorsey. It didn't work at all with at the end with Sutton. So now what's he done? Brett Veach is running this type of stuff. Bring in Steve Spagnuolo. He is running the defense. And then look at who they bring in. Brant Tillis is eventually going to leave, I would think, because his resume is this offseason, and I would probably give him a GM job, and I don't know if he's a scout at all. <laughs> you know, I would I would try to get him a good scout, a good head of scouting, and say, hi, hi, Brant, I'd like to give you uh, so much money that even you can't do the math to make it work, <laughs> logically. But you find guys, specifically think about Spags again, okay? Andy Reid brings in Steve Spagnuolo. This is Spags' defense. I'm sure Andy Reid knows what's going on. I'm sure Andy Reid could explain Spags' defense back to me in a way that would go over my head with so many of the details. But I think he very much respects, hey, that's Spags' thing. And the reason that it's Spags is because he's the head coach of the defense. And then the guys that Spags brought in, I I think there might be three or four future defensive coordinators on the Chiefs' defensive staff right now. Like, Matt House and Brendan Daly could, could be D.C. somewhere now. I think one of the reasons Brendan Daly is here is because he thought he should have gotten uh, some more some amount of respect more in New England. Both of those dudes could be DCs probably right now. Um, you you look at the the special or the, not the, the secondary guys though, like Sam Madison and Dave Merritt, both sound like dudes who could do it. I mean, I'm probably like leaving out somebody somewhere by accident. I I don't mean to. Those are just like four dudes that I know well. Because of the job they've done and because of, like, how they speak at, whenever we have coordinator day and everything. Like, they, they sound like dudes who can run a defense and can teach. They've got good—Britt Reed, I guess, is the name that I sort of skipped over there. I don't really know anything about Terry Braddon, defensive quality control. Um, the, uh, I guess there's a handful of other defensive assistants that I don't know much about. But, yeah, positional coaches— Brendan Daly and Matt House and Dave Merritt and Sam Madison and uh, and, and Britt Reed. Those those dudes could literally all end up being defensive coordinators in the future. And while we're on that front, Eric Bieniemy is going to be a head coach. Spags may be a head coach again someday. And Dylan McCullough 
and uh, Mike Kafka will both be offensive coordinators. And I, then more than likely head coaches. And then very likely, absolutely. Both D-Land and Kafka yep. just give off strong head coaching vibes. Yep. I would say uh, Kafka is kind of the – everyone sort of assumes he's the future OC whenever Biennemi leaves because he's the quarterback's coach. I get it. It, it, it follows the, the, the typical path. And, and I think I know you're going, so I just I just want to say this first. Is yeah. It's 100% I've been saying for, like, years he's absolutely going to be it. Yeah. And now I'm not, like, I think it's going to be him. I'm also not 100% sure it's going to be him anymore because, like, the last year, roughly, yeah. Dylan's been giving off strong, strong, strong – you know, OC, future head coach fives. Yeah, 100%. Like, you listen to him talk, and you're 100%. just like, yeah, this guy, I could see this guy. Like, my, I believe he's either going to be the Chiefs' next offensive coordinator or Eric Bieniemy's next offensive coordinator. I feel pretty oh, good about either one. Oh, that's smart. I feel yeah, that's pretty good. good about either one. Yeah, you're right. I, those two dudes might just end up being offensive coordinators in the yeah. same year. Yeah, that's a great point. And maybe it's a situation where they do go with Kafka, and so it's just, and then it's just like, oh, hey, you know, Eric Bieniemy's like, hey, we we worked a lot together. Mm-hmm. You're incredibly like you're more than qualified for the spot. Like come with me. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Rudy. I think that's good because um, McCullough, Dylan McCullough, sounds like someone again. Like uh, over the last year or so, and, he sounds like someone who's been learning under Andy mm-hmm. Reid and Eric Bieniemy. And honestly, the flip could happen if the Chiefs make Dylan the guy. Yep, Kafka could go with Bieniemy and be the OC. Like like there's a good. I wouldn't be surprised at all if if if. I think Dylan or Kafka is going to be the next OC for the Chiefs, and I wouldn't be shocked if whoever didn't get it. Went with Bienemy to be that guy, and I think Kafka does have the inside track specifically because whenever whenever Patrick Mahomes talks about offensive meetings and whatnot and like trying new stuff, it's it, he usually mentions Reed, Bienemy, and Kafka. Um, and this, all, and, and to be fair, it's not a, it's not a knock on deal. It's just that's who he works with. He, he's the running Patrick backs Mahomes coach. Is not and he's not in, the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, like we've seen with Bienemy, obviously, you can go running back to OC and to eventually head coach with Andy Reid really easily like and very very well also again like some we're, we're what i will say on the front end because i do think that there's there's something that we have to account for here we're making that judgment based on press conferences not based on uh you know classrooms so i'm i'm not telling you where to bet your to, to put your money and I'm sure that we we will say or have said something that a player could be like, no, 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 you don't understand that this or this is happening in the classrooms. Because you're right, we're not in there. But with what the players say about these guys and what the coaches then put out themselves, it's it's a whole – this also, it's what Andy Reid has done everywhere he's ever been. Andy Reid is constantly you. You could go grab any coaching. I don't. I can't say this for with confidence, but you could go get any coaching staff that Andy Reid has ever had, and you can find three positional coaches that became coordinators, and at least one coordinator that became a head coach. Like it just seems like that happens all the time, especially offensively under under him. Defensively, again, Spags is like he he is respected throughout the league. And he has a staff right now from where these guys came from to come here. You go like, oh, you notice. It's again, like Brendan Daly could have gone anywhere. Matt House could have gone House anywhere. Matt House was setting himself up to be a, a college head coach if he wanted to. Yes. Like he was built like, yes. yeah, like he was incredibly, incredibly successful at Kentucky. If he wanted to be a head coach in, the, in college, it was coming. Yep. And I don't I don't know as much about um, the DB guys. They're like – path to this point although I do know like Sam Madison I was writing about earlier today a little bit because he spent a billion years in uh in 
New York with the Giants where he was with Prince Mukamara. I was making the, I'm drawing those connections and everything. Like Sam Madison was a was a was a corner for for 12 years. Um and and coached with Spags some in New York. And he played with Spags some. Did I split did I mix them up? Did I mix up Merritt and Madison? Totally possible. No, he uh, Madison played with the Giants from 06 to 08 and then with the Dolphins from 97 to 05 before that. Merritt was a DB's coach in New York with Spags. Merritt coached with Spags first. Madison played with Spags. I got there. Anyway, but those those are dudes who have who have done a lot around Spags. Again, Merritt spent 14 years with the Giants um as a second the secondary and safeties coach where he would have coached Mukamara, which I was looking at earlier. Sam Madison played for 12 years and then played with Spags. And should be noted, because I guess I just I just assumed he's been coaching for just a, and for longer than he has. Right now, he's new, but he is he is new as a coach. I just yes. assume because like because it's been since 2008 since he played, and, and again, part of this is when you listen to him talk in, in press conferences. Just kind of assumed he'd been coaching for four, yeah. five, six years, and you're like, oh, this is only his second year. Like, yeah, he seems like yeah. a riser. Yeah, Merritt has been coaching for a sneaky long time. Sam Madison played for a sneaky long time. And they're both, they've both been excellent so far. Also, they've both been, like, visibly excellent yes. with these corners. Can I just, I just found something about that mess, and this might be the greatest thing ever. Okay. I'm afraid it's something we should have known already. Uh, probably. Maybe you knew this. I did not know this. His house was <laughs> featured on an episode of MTV Cribs. <laughs> I did not know that. That's excellent. And now I just want to talk to him about it. That's very good. Madison Spags and Merritt all won Super Bowl 42 together. Madison is a player and and obviously the two as coaches. And he was a football analyst for a news station down in Miami for like uh, breaking down the Dolphins before he became oh, the interesting. Chief. I, I see that here. So like okay. so uh, he, so he'd been obviously working like uh, in football adjacent for a while, but yeah, for a guy who's not again only going in really into his second year as a coach, like that's pretty like the the amount he's accomplished and just essentially grown in one year is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, and and those guys again share some duties, split some duties. I, we don't know exactly what what they both do, but um, both coaching DBs and, and corners and everything. And again, like we've we've seen those two who have like again at least with Madison like has less coaching experience. They with Spags they got Trevorius Ward to turn his damn head around. <laughs> <laughs> they've taken these guys that we haven't been as confident in and everything's been fine. They've, they've had the flexibility of getting, you know, uh, Kendall Fuller to play safety. All of that is sort of tangential to both Andy Reid and Brett Veach getting extensions today. They should keep them in Kansas City through 2025. The, the point that did absolutely get away from me at some point there is that Andy Reid is delegating in a way that, that he has people that he trusts who also have people that they trust. I don't know if if Andy Reid had any you know connection to Sam Madison and Dave Merritt. I am confident that if Spag said, yeah, I would like both of these guys to come join this staff, and Andy was like, yeah, cool, that sounds great. That's that's why you're here is because we trust you to to build your staff and you can – 
take care of that. Again, not at all saying that Andy Reid is like stepping away from parts of the team or whatever. But even offensively, he's got guys. Like he trusts Andy Heck fully, as far as I can tell. And Andy Reid would have all of the, the clout in the world to start giving offensive line coaching advice to Andy Heck. But I... I, I don't think he's a helicopter coach by any means. Anyway, all of that to say, I think he's doing what he likes to do. Whatever that ends up being, he has all the cachet to make that happen. I think he's got the quarterback that's got to be the most fun ever to be with and to be, to be working with. I think he's got a staff that he's excited about, has people covering some of the things he doesn't want to worry about working on that, including Brett Veach, who I think at least has, a sim- has to be having a similar model right now. And Brett Veach and his team just put together the most remarkable offseason maybe ever. Like, full stop. This may be a controversial statement, but I think it's good that Andy Reid and Brett Veach will both be in Kansas City for quite a while. We'll talk a little more about that, some other stuff, tons of Chief stuff tonight. Matt Derrick in 30 minutes or so, Seth Kaiser in about 90 minutes. All that tonight here on Almost Entirely Sports. You are listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. So which teams need a downhill? Oh, God, I have it. I can feel an ulcer forming. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Rudy just let me know that liner was about Leonard Fournette, which I did not remember. Uh, He has been released. And because you've led us there, Rudy, I will uh, mention something that our friend Brandon Kiley uh, in St. Louis tweeted about today that I really do think is it's never going to get fixed in terms of uh, getting the conversation right. Oh, I just got a little I just just got a little little uh, yellow jacket sting in my side, little poke in myself just feels bad it feels like it's it feels like it should be like very swollen but i don't think it is very sensitive which if i mean like i already am just in general um <laughs> it was unpleasant why does that happen it feels so bad it's just it's just really annoying like i'm not dying out here yeah i i feel like i've definitely been stung by a bee before or any sort of like bee wasp thing but like not since i was like a child so i honestly just don't remember if this is normal or not i don't yeah that's sort of my concern also is because it's never it's never hurt so bad in one moment that i'm like i should probably try to figure something out here but it 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 feels like i've been lightly pinched for for six hours and every like 20 minutes or so somebody pokes it with like a thumbtack and just it's odd uh, I mentioned earlier, it, it not on the show, but to Rudy, um, that it, the 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 thing I can feel like it most closely feels like is it w- was like just getting a tattoo, except for on the other side you just have a small hole in your body, and not anything cool, and it just sort of feels sore there. Like I got a much larger tattoo earlier today, and it's just sort of sitting there. Which also, don't get... I was wearing, like, a, a sleeveless shirt. I don't know why my arm was up enough for it to get... I think I was, I think I was like, swatting one away by my head, and it might have snuck in, kind of side of my pec. Not quite armpit, not quite pec. Kind of that demilitarized zone there. I've also gotten a tattoo that goes very, very near my armpit on my other arm. And I would advise you to not start there. No, I, I've got two tattoos. Neither one of them, like, ever felt good. 
But that up in there, you get kind of towards some of the nerve endings in the uh, armpit area. I would say don't get a tattoo near your armpit and don't get stung by a yellow jacket in your armpit. Neither one feels good. The one I have on my shoulder, like as they would start working uh, around to the side of the shoulder mm-hmm. where it kind of gets closer again to kind of that same spot, you yeah. know, but kind of the opposite where it's like not quite armpit, not quite arm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it doesn't a little feel tender. good. Yeah. No, it really doesn't. We've got to have like some tattoo artists that listen to this show, right? Wouldn't I, you think? I would think so. Statistically speaking, I'm not even asking for like freebies. I just want to like see your work and then like hook you up. In exchange for free tattoo, for, for free for just a free throat piece. If you had to get a neck tattoo, what would you get? Kenya Martin's lips. <laughs> Easy. I was I was thinking free bird, so we weren't we weren't terribly far. We off. were right on the same page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, kind of matching the tone of the first segment, I would just get the photo of Andy Reid holding the Lombardi yes. Trophy up, but it just kind of wraps around the front of your neck. No, that would be very unprofessional during press conferences. I think I should clarify. I do not want the lips that Kenyon uh-uh. Martin has tattooed on no. his neck. You I want, want Kenyon Martin's, Martin's lips. lips on my neck. <laughs> it's really meta. It's really good. <laughs> it's excellent. It's the second time Kenny Martin's name. I like. I, I, I've either heard or said his name today. I was listening to a podcast earlier <laughs> where Kenny Martin got a shout out on. Okay, it was just like, oh, that's, that's random. And it's really now Kenny Martin. Kenny Martin's back in my head. And all-time? on your and on your neck. And on my neck soon. One yeah. of my all-time favorite uh, Nuggets players. <laughs> if you God, you know how absolutely flabbergasted I'd be if you walked in one day and you just had a neck tattoo of a pair of lips. Like I you would literally and I did this is not clear look, Rudy and I you have two tattoos, right? Back yes. and shoulder. Yep. Rudy and I have a combined four tattoos. This is a pro tattoo show. Intern Very TJ pro. uh was getting tattoos not during the show, but while he was interning here, I think he got it two. Or one was very, very soon before. No, yeah, I think he got two. He got, like, the Super Bowl one, and there was something else soon after, I think. Yeah, I know he got at least one towards the end. Like It was something else. Not the Chiefs one, right? Hmm. I'm trying to remember now. I feel like it was the Chiefs one. I think he had another one towards the what, end. Or I, or I don't think it was the full Chiefs one. I think he added to the Chiefs one, didn't he? I can't remember. Because I feel like the Chiefs one was kind of like two tattoos that made one tattoo, but they were done two separate times, that's I not, feel like. I, that's not what I'm thinking. I think there was another, just like one on his arm or something. And regardless, none of that's this is possible. important. None of this is important. Other than this is a pro tattoo show. But... If specifically, beards yeah, beards. Beards has full sleeves. You would never see it because he wears the hoodie and he everything. Always, he only wears sleeves. That, yeah, that, his hoodies are actually tattoos. Yeah, that's sure. He, yes, he, he and. has a tattoo, a hoodie tattooed on his body so that he is wearing a hoodie at all times. And the reason, the reason that he he grew out that beard is just because he had so many, just like, and they're, they're just absolutely, they're absolutely explicit tattoos on his jawline and everything. They're not like hateful. They're not like gang tattoos, but they're just like. And it's like, wow, it, I didn't even know you could get that many, like, naked caricatures tattooed on your face. You had to cover them up, otherwise they wouldn't be able to get a job. Anyway, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a neck tattoo. I'm saying do what you want. 
But if specifically Rudy Joseph Salazar walked into this radio station one day, specifically with a neck tattoo of a pair of lips, I would need to be resuscitated by a medical professional because my heart would stop because I would have so many questions. My brain would short circuit. It's totally that's a fair response. <laughs> that is excellent. We'll ask Matt Derrick in 15 minutes what he would get if he had to get a neck tattoo. He probably won't be ready for that question. How could you be? I feel like he I feel like before he comes on, he just sits down and starts writing a list of like what are the crazy questions Ooh, I could good. get asked today. Like he he I bet he's got hundreds of questions that he thinks you're gonna ask him that have not been asked, but he's got answers. What do you what do you think his answer to that will be? I think he's gonna I think he's gonna say a picture of his cat Izzy. I think Ooh, I, I think and, Matt, and maybe it's not a picture, but maybe it's just Izzy. Oh, it just says it, oh, yeah. that is so choice. I think that I think that's I think that's the right answer though. Yeah, that's very good. It, it has to be Izzy related for sure. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I think that's the right answer. That's really good. Maybe it just says Showtime. <laughs> that's by Matt Derrick. Triumphbooks.com slash Chiefs win <laughs> just across his neck. Oh yeah, mine would just say JB Briscoe, but in like absolutely unreadable like heavy metal font. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would say at JB Briscoe with an E. Oh God! At that point, if you got the if you got mm. your Twitter handle tattooed on you somewhere, and they which just would be on an brand, e. yeah. just anywhere, it'd be very on brand. And there was an E in there. If I, I get it on my knuckles, because I would just be <laughs> so happy. If I if I get it uh, on my knuckles, just JB Briscoe. There's not room for an at, but there's also no room for an E to accidentally pop on there. So maybe I'll just maybe I'll just do that. And then I'll just get like a sixth finger added for the E. You can just walk around with that and just try to stick it to my hand. Do you want to hear a headline that I don't like for a number of reasons before we, uh, I, I want to, we've got a bunch of stuff I want to talk about still. Do you want to hear a bad headline? Yeah, I guess. America reportedly suffering monkey shortage for COVID-19 vaccine search. I don't like that for a few reasons, Same. but mainly one reason, like one reason more than the other. Yeah. So for me, the reason is that that implies that there is yeah. a a sort of a monkey supply chain that you can't reuse the monkeys for. Mm hmm. Like, for me, it's not even animal testing, which probably could have led my list of not favorite things. But, you know, we're trying to make a COVID vaccine. This isn't for hairspray. We're not testing hairspray. We're trying to get a it's vaccine right. Stuff this is important work. Not my favorite thing, but it's important work, so we're making it happen. But if the fact that there is a shortage just sort of means that there's been a loss. Too much hairspray. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me feel bad. Yeah. Mm. When Planet of the Apes becomes a real thing. Oh, we're bleeped, dude. We are. Yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. wish we hadn't done all this hairspray testing. Yeah, no, that's for sure. But I do got to say, I like a good hairspray. Love a hairspray. Love a hairspray. And listen, if it doesn't say on the bottle so strong it'll make a monkey's hair stand up, I'm not buying it. Oh, yo, so that makes me a monster? Okay, sure. I don't. I don't buy... I don't buy a pomade that I don't think could also handle the wiry hair of a capuchin. Like I need to know that it's going to work for me. 
I bought a vegan um, beard brush because, like, real beard brushes are made of, like, boar's hair or whatever, which is crazy to think. It's gross. I'm not, like, full, like, vegan pita guy, whatever. Like, I've, you know, I love a good tasty bird as much as the next guy. As long as that next guy is not beards. But... You know, I don't want, I'd like to avoid animal cruelty whenever possible. That feels like at least something I can do pretty fairly. Uh, But anyway, so I bought like a, I got like a beard brush to try to, you know, contain some of what's happening on my face. And I got like one that's just totally like synthetic. It was a little more, which is also crazy. How cheap is it to skin a boar and take like its bristles and what, I don't know. All that is gross to me. But anyway, uh, I had, I narrowed the search down to two. And there was, like, the vegan one that was, like, vegan, you know, no animal products or testing or whatever. Um, and then there was one that was the exact same brush, but it said, we tried it on a monkey, and it totally worked. Anyway, the monkey's gone now. And I was like, I'll take that one, please. I just, I need to know that it's going to work on a monkey. Silverback tested, capuchin approved. I just needed to know. How did this segment get so weird? I wanted to talk about... I don't remember. I wanted to talk about a bad article that I read about the Chiefs that I thought everyone was going to really just rally around me with. I had, I had a, I have a very popular take for Chiefs fans, and I didn't even get to that. We'll take a break. Whenever we come back, I might squeeze that take in, or I might figure out if I need to legally say something about how I actually don't support animal testing and was bummed out by this article and did buy a vegan beard brush that did not have any explicit mentions of animal testing and would prefer, frankly, that my brushes have no contact with primates other than myself, including humans. Which are technically primates. Sometimes I end a segment just sort of thinking like, ah, oh, we nailed that one. And sometimes I get to a segment thinking, yeah, no, I dug a pretty big hole on that. I, huh. Is there a way to get out of that? Can I dig my way back out? No. No, it really doesn't seem like I can. I don't know. I guess we go to break then. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. It's a beautiful little Ouroboros. We're just eating our own tail. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. I just saw a headline about the Suns that I hadn't seen before that I thought I might have heard before. That's still some unconfirmed rumors about some team building activities. <laughs> I forgot we haven't talked about that. <laughs> no, we sure haven't. We're not going to right now either. We're also not going to have enough time to talk about some of the other chief stuff that I want to talk about. I will tell you, though, if you missed it, the news of the night is that Andy Reid and Brett Veach are uh, reportedly both close to their own deals to keep them in Kansas City through 2025. Uh, in fact, Clark Hunt got asked about Veach getting extended on Saturday, and he was like, oh, we don't really talk about our deals to the dumb, but we like Brett Veach. Think he should stay around. Makes me wonder if Herbie Teope knew something whenever he asked that question. My hunch would be that maybe he did. But both of them here through 2025, something that every Chiefs fan should should feel extremely good about. Also, meaning like those two guys and Patrick Mahomes are 100% here through 2025. 
I, I know the best part of a Super Bowl window is whenever your your quarterback is overachieving on a rookie contract. Like that's clearly the best part of the whole thing. But the Chiefs have maybe the best Super Bowl window, almost certainly the Super Bowl window in the sport until that time, which is a wonderful feeling.